This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, it's been years and we still have no idea how Bitcoin works. Until now, with the help of Adam O'Brien, cryptocurrency expert, gives us the bare bones explanation about how Bitcoin works and why it's so incredibly valuable and it can save you some money, maybe even make you some money. Handy Andy is back with his weekly update on his DIY gardening with bad, or should we say, bud news. <laughs> Andy takes a look at the tech and security behind BC's Vaccine Passport, plus a look at why Peloton users are ditching the app and more. Plus, are you okay with lottery tickets? Are you okay? Are you okay with buying lotto tickets? I, I went through a period where I bought them, but I mean, I never won anything worthwhile, so I stopped. But there was a period where it was kind of addictive. Scratch tickets, it was like a lot of 649, all that stuff. So, really? yeah, uh, I'm, my dad would buy them religiously like every Saturday, and he ne- never won anything for the most part. No. So, my dad mine used to too. Do all the time, too. My yeah. dad scratch tickets i i don't buy lotto tickets for the sole purpose of i know i will get addicted to gambling there's a video game i play that has loot boxes i haven't played this game in about six months it's been very healthy for me but anytime they have those yeah the tank game yeah yeah anytime that loot box thing comes out which is basically like a lottery scratch ticket system i drop so much money i have so much fun doing it so that's why if I go to the casino, it's a treat. Like once every couple of years, lottery tickets, if it's a good prize or whatever, I got an extra 20 bucks to throw around. But it's not really a routine or anything that I have. It's a good It's a good lesson for me about attachment to money because I do have a big attachment to money. And I know that it's a thing that I wrestle with in my life mm-hmm. with confidence and attachment to money. I'll just put it out there. Um, it's and surprising as a guy who spends money on businesses, right? I mean, yeah. my, my whole investment plan has more to do with business development than it is, you know, classic RRSP stuff. And so it, it is funny to think that I can somehow invest into a business. Maybe it's a control thing. I don't know. But in a lotto ticket, I can't. But you know what I think lotto tickets are fantastic for? But you have to be clear in your heart if you do it is as a gift. Yeah. My, They're fantastic yeah, as a gift, right? But Total if you, if I give you a ticket and you, and you get $15 million, right? That's, I mean, I've got to be pretty fun, right? clear in my heart to go, okay, Ryan, you owe me half. Like, no, like, no, it was yeah, a gift, me- right? Like you have to be clear because yeah. if you're not going to be clear in your heart, you're going to just hate it. That's yeah, why, that's why that's you like rough. give those, you know, twenty five thousand scratch yeah. ticket ones where it's like not that oh, much. Like twenty five grand so, isn't going to change your life. Mm-hmm. I wish you, I wish you well, but not that well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah it's an understanding. <laughs> I wish it's actually just. I wish safe. you well, just not better than me. That's what we're saying. Yeah, really, is what it is. Safer that way. I think that's a smart idea. Yeah, they're stocking stuffers. I think it's great. And hey. Uh, I'm not saying I would be secure enough as a man to not get pissed off and lose my mind if I gave someone a $30 million ticket. But boy, oh boy, you could look at that and go, I gave this guy $30 million. Oh, that's hurting my brain just thinking about Isn't that. Isn't it? Oh. And then at the end of the month, you're trying to scrape together rent. <laughs> you're like, yeah, but I gave him $30 million. Tom's in the Bahama on his new yeah. yacht. I'd like to thank Shane for putting me where I am today. Yeah. I wonder if he's made his rent payment. <laughs> yes. Perhaps I'll send him a coin. 
<laughs> flip him uh, two bits. Are you okay with buying lotto tickets? Well, you're going to lose way more than you'll ever win when it comes to the lottery, but it feels amazing when you actually do win. A free ticket is kind of cool. I mean, that feels mm-hmm. all right. Whether it's yeah, 500 right. bucks on a scratchy or a million dollars, it feels good. But there are some who want to take advantage of lotto winners' winnings. <gasps> Shocker. Last month, a Boston woman won some cash on a scratchy. Taiked. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a, a really one. Uh, that one's not even close. That's a I'm good, not even sure what that was. Taiked. Lotto. Taiked. That sounds like a New Zealand name, like a last name in New Zealand. Sounds like a boat you'd take in another country. Yeah. It's a long weekend. How'd you get here? Taiked. Took the taiked. Took a taiked. <laughs> All right, like uh, Boston woman wants some cash on a scratch ticket, but the clerk who sold her the ticket was a little shady. Here's more from Channel 5, Boston. Woo! Amelia Smith scratched and scratched her way to what she thought was a winner when she glanced down at her $5 gem mine game. I had three um, symbols indicating that I won. She knew she struck gold. It made me excited, like, woo! But Amelia's excitement turned to disgust when she walked into the Roslindale Food Mart where she bought the ticket to cash in her winnings. She thought she won at least $500. She says the clerk in this lucky store took her ticket, scanned it, and the machine sang a winning tune. It says, a beep made a sound on the machine, and then a pink cell slip came out, and he just grabbed it. Amelia says the clerk wouldn't give her that validation slip showing her winnings or return her scratch ticket. After some back and forth, he handed her $500 cash from the register. One, two, three, four, five. Executive Director Mike Sweeney says the ticket was worth double that payout. Investigators determined the clerk was trying to pocket the winnings and cash in Amelia's ticket for himself. After she made multiple trips to the store, the clerk gave her the rest of her money, but since she still didn't have her ticket, she had no idea what she actually won. Unbelievable. I would never, you would totally get me with that. Yeah. Yeah. You would, th- yeah, because the machine. Oh, congrats. You won 500 bucks. But what if actually it was 500,000 then? I don't know if it's the same in every province because it's provincial lottery and gaming, right? But the ones here, yep. they go woohoo when you win. I they like do. It. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I would totally get sucked in. I'd be like, I have 500 bucks. Whoa. Wouldn't even check. And what a snake. It snake gets worse. I have another a man in Italy, story. A man in Italy saw an even bigger prize uh, when he got his tyked and wanted to take it for himself. And no, it was not a bottle of wine or a nice pasta. Holy stereotype, Ryan. Italian police are hunting for a Naples tobacco shop owner who allegedly ran off on a moped. Wouldn't he drive off on a moped? Drive on a a moped? Difficult to run on on a moped. That would be... If he's running on a moped, I mean, that's... Yeah. Mm, I mean, come on, an Italian guy stealing something and escaping on a moped... That's pretty great. Apparently, this is this is the most judgmental, stereotypical. <laughs> Are you okay of our lives? No, I love it. I love the story. <laughs> All right, where was I? Um, ran off. Oh, uh, allegedly pedaled off on a moped 
with a customer's nice. scratch and win game card, which had clinched the top prize of over $580,000. Whoa. The customer handed over to a shop employee to double check, and that employee in turn passed it on to one of the smoke shop's owners for a final check. Instead, news reports said he held on to it, grabbed his helmet, hopped on the scooter, and raced away with the game card. Oh, man. To prevent the alleged thief from cashing in, authorities of the Italian tax office, which runs the scratch and win operation, froze the entire block of numbers of cards that have been distributed to the tobacco shop. <laughs> like no one's going to know it was you. Oh. Very bold. I don't know what he was hoping to achieve there, but I doubt there's any, like he's the owner too. Like he's one of the managers. Like this isn't just some random dude on the streets. It's so That's funny. Amazing. He has the owner, right? It's like your shop. It's your shop, yeah. Bob. What are you doing? I like it. Good luck with the scratchies. If you win, which does beg the question, how much have you ever won on a scratchy? Like the biggest number. Not someone you knew, not my sister won. As a shift head, what is the biggest number you have ever won? 877-399-98. Scratch your lotto or otherwise. And if it's a big number, we got to be friends. Oh, wait. Hold up. Hold up. What? Do the do the are you okay under this one? The next one's missing a clip. I'm going to fix it. Oh, tape? Was that what we're doing? Yeah, do tape. Are you Okay. Are you okay with scotch tape? Are we going to be stereotypical to all Scottish people now? Yeah. Yeah. I, scotch yeah. tape is fine, except it, it's good for holding up posters until it just decides to not hold your poster up anymore, and say, then you rip it. It's not good for holding up posters because they always no. end up falling. Like I got to use sticky tack or, or, or thumbtacks or something yeah, to, to hold up yeah. posters. Mine just that reusable falling. sticky stuff is good. Scotch like tape is stuff. useless. Go out. Hey, watch easy. The best Christmas present wrap ever. Okay. We'll Most important that. of all the uses. Jeez, gotta stand up for the Why Christmas. would you wrap up a scratch ticket? That's what I give for Christmas. That's what you guys Fair are getting enough. this year. <laughs> Hope I win thirty million dollars. Uh, it's pretty useful stuff. That scotch tape, though it does not uh, taste peaty like the good scotch. A mom in Las Vegas is pretty upset that a substitute teacher allegedly taped a mask to her son's face. Oh. Pleasant. According to the student's mom, a boy got up to drink some water but forgot to put his mask on. So the substitute teacher tried to stick it to him. Literally. Here's more from Fox 5. He went to get a sip of water, forgot to put the mask on. Teacher then did not tell him to put it back on or send him to the office. She instead pulled him up in the front of the classroom in front of all of the students. And she then taped the mask across the top of his face. The mom says the sub added a second layer of tape from his nose to his forehead, and with tape still on his face, he went to the office to pick up homework he'd forgotten at home, and his dad dropped off. When he went to the office to pick up that homework is when one of the administrators noticed the tape on his face. Alarmed, that administrator took the tape off of the child and alerted the principal who went to the classroom to investigate filling out this report. And she saw another student, who she thought was my son, with tape on their face as well. This mom later asked her son had other students also had their masks taped to their face. He said yes. It's been happening in his classroom since the beginning of the school year. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah, he's disgruntled. Yeah. Um, There's like proving a point or like as an example, this is not how like the kid is now going to associate the mask with something super negative and punishment. 
but it's not. It's protection. So this is the dumbest possible way you could try to teach a kid how to wear a mask. How does it go on for so long? Yeah. Hmm. This sounds like Students, my fourth moms grade teacher. Said what happened? My fifth grade teacher, uh, Mr. Wade, he used to throw the chalk brushes, which might not be something that you're familiar with, but a chalk brush with the wooden handle. He used to and the chalk. He used to just turn. He would be writing at the chalkboard, clickety click, scratch, 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 and someone would be talking. He would turn around. And he would whip chalk, like Holy. as hard as he could. Yeah, and um, then he also would throw the brushes. Now I never hit anybody with the brushes. I always, I think he missed on purpose. I had but, a few that would do the old yardstick ruler stick slam on the desk. On the desk. Yeah. Oh, that was loud. Yeah. Saw one scary. break once. Yeah. Scary. Wow. <laughs> this reminded me of that TikTok. Who's that? What the hell is that? I don't know, man. Check it out. Hey, man, what's your vibe? Scary. Student's mom said what happened is not a political issue. She has no problem with the mask mandate, but said nine-year-olds like her son are often forgetful and should never be punished in this way. Uh, just to be clear, yeah, uh, don't tape anything to any other humans. It's pretty good. Just general yep. rule, I would say. Yep. General rule. Are you okay? Oh, wait. Before we get there. Oh, no, we'll do that. Are you okay with bounty hunters? Uh, yeah, dog. Um. Oh, you're going to like the story because yeah. it's about dog. You you might not be okay with dog after hearing this story, though, because... Dog's oof. been through a lot, though. Dog has been through a lot, but he had a rough interview. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Uh, which we'll hear. But I do want to just say that I watched Dog Bounty Hunter when I was a kid. I was like, yo, this is sweet. And all the most badass characters in movies are bounty hunters. I went to his... Um, I went to their store. In a while. They have a store? Well, they have a storefront because it's like a bounty store where you can go in and hire their services in general. And oh, they used to have like, a... wait. It's not like Pawn Stars where they have like a fake sh store for the show. They like actually nope. have. A yeah, well, it's a real functioning business. At least that's oh, what I... wow. Yeah. So you could go in there if you needed to hire them for whatever. They actually had a storefront. And I, so I looked it up. I Googled it. And there it was. So I walked over. And took forever to walk there and uh, got myself some selfies in front because they had all the windows all painted, kind of like that clown paint stuff on windows. Anyway. Nice. Okay, let's get into the story here before we run out of time. Uh, we aren't talking about Boba Fett or anything else Star Wars, badass bounty hunter from a movie. We're talking about the original uh, dog, the bounty hunter, as Ryan said, Dwayne Chapman. He's in a bit of hot water at the moment. He turned out his own... Uh, and he turned his own pot to boiling this weekend. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. The television personality famously caught backlash after leaked audio from a phone call featured him using the N-word at least six times contributed to the cancellation of a show, Dog the Bounty Hunter, on A&E. Well, he recently went on Entertainment Tonight to try to explain why he used that word and wow. Why were you using that word so freely? Well, I thought I had a pass in the black tribe to use it, kind of like Eminem. Who gave you the pass? The brothers. Who were the brothers? I had just, you know, gotten out of prison in 1979 after spending time in 18 months in Texas, and it was probably three quarters from the black tribe. So that was a word that we used uh, back and forth uh, as maybe a compliment. If you use that word, it, if you okay. use that word and you use it in your regular everyday life, it makes you a racist. I have more black friends than Eminem. Oh, oh dude. 
He used literally every single defense that white people use to try to convince you that they're not racist in that sentence. Like he used hmm. all of them. That's too bad. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he's old. He's very old. And yeah. uh, and I don't mean that as a, a, a slight against uh, older folks in general, but the time that he grew up in is very, very different. Now, he's 68, so he's not old, old, old. But he is from a different generation than the generation um, that I would be in. And I would say that, I don't know, I don't want to defend the guy. But it's different. It's not okay. And you got to be aware, especially if you're going to live in the high profile, to do that. Besides, I don't get it. What's the, why would you, the word is just not even like, it doesn't even really help at all, which is which is weird. Um, he has had a tough go. There's been an awful lot going on. If you don't know the story of Dwayne Chapman and Dog the Bounty Hunter, although he said, I just spent some time in prison, which was 40 years ago. Uh, he was in prison, just to be clear on that little nugget. Beth, his wife, got, got cancer and got very, 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 very sick. And it's only a year or so ago, two years ago, that he passed away. And um, the one thing that I did like about the show was how she was the boss. Like, you know when you meet someone in a couple and you look at them and you go, when something happens to that person, I don't know how that person's going to function. And I always sort of got that impression from from what they uh, what their lives were like. Furthermore, uh, he spoke out in favor of Black Lives Matter, uh, refuting claims that his daughter Bonnie was not invited to his upcoming wedding because of her support for the organization. So very confusing messages, and hopefully he sorts it out. I just don't know. I don't understand when I look at music, and this is, might make me sound old, but I don't understand. I love hip-hop. And hip-hop to me is very poetic. I'm not a big fan of the new hip-hop, but it's very poetic. And I don't understand why every single song has to have N-bombs in it all the time in order to write a song these days. I don't get it. And then to say that, by the way, no one can use that word, but as long as you buy my album and you sing along, you can. And I find that incredibly confusing, and I don't find that that provides leadership to young people to clarify what's going on. And I have watched a bunch of the, the shows around the word of people who grew up in those communities. And I still, I would love to get into that conversation and ask how, how it's okay. Uh, it's incredibly confusing. I think we can all agree. I, I, I don't like the word. I don't like to hear the word. And it's disappointing to hear that he was using that word. This is the shift podcast. When I say Bitcoin, how do you react? Do you roll your eyes? See, Bitcoin is, is something that we know. That's a, it's a name that we toss about. But then if I say cryptocurrency, do you go, ugh? Does it, does it, is, I find it off-putting at times. I call it like it is. At times when I hear cryptocurrency, I'm like, the first thing that goes through my mind, my brain kicks into, okay, keep Shane safe, be judgmental, do all the things that humans do. And I go, okay, that's another great scam. So we wanted to clean it up because it seems like cryptocurrency has a ton of merit and has a bunch of things that I have questions about. Adam O'Brien is with Bitcoin Well. He's the CEO of that company. Um, thanks, Adam, for coming and sharing your nerdiness with us about all this. Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, my summary of what Bitcoin Well and what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring Bitcoin to a consumer for easy access and call it somewhat normal use. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say so. I think uh, 
you know, mission accomplished is when Bitcoin is as easy and accessible to use uh, for our users. Our, our um, you know, a, a really, really old legacy tagline of ours was making Bitcoin accessible and understood. And uh, that holds true through all the missions and all the visions and all the revamps that we've kind of gone through today. Um, yeah, that that's definitely it. It's just how do we make point? How do we make Bitcoin easy to buy, sell, and use? We hear these stories. Let's go back to the very fundamental pieces of what is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is not a coin. It's a digital encrypted thing that somebody computer ran a bunch of calculations and found. Um, we call it mining, so it is somewhat misleading for everyone to hear about Bitcoin mining when there's there's no mine, Adam. So help us understand how this works, uh, if you can, for us people who sure. don't get I it. Mean, te- like, technically, there is a mine. Uh, it's just digital. And there are real computers, like physical computers doing, you know, the quote unquote mining. Um, It's interesting what you said, because you said Bitcoin is not a thing, but is this conversation like this conversation is happening digitally? uh, Well, see, I would say that this conversation is not a thing. I mean, a thing is something uh, tangible, right? Like uh, it exists. So uh, something in existence is tangible. So when we think of what about an email? Uh, an email exists as electricity. It it, uh, it occurs to us as as something real. So right. so an email would again would be a misnomer. It's electricity or that's been stored data stored inside electricity. So if I go a memory, let, this is great. Let's translate this. If I cut open my brain right now, like we take the brain yeah, and we yeah. cut it open, you don't see any memories. Correct. Right. So there's nothing there. You don't even see the electricity. The electricity just discharges and goes away uh, when I die. Uh, hopefully, I die before you cut my brain open. I was going to say, which presumably has already happened if we're let's, cutting you open. <laughs> let's do this in the right order. Um, so, but you can't see my memories in my brain. Right. It's not like you're going to go, oh, there's, you know, Shane's uh, kids playing hockey or riding horses. Right. So it doesn't exist. Now, it occurs to me. So that's philosophical, of course. How do we take that into these digital electricity things? that are out there, but they're not tangible is the way we as humans understand a thing. Right. Yeah. And I think like, I honestly do believe, and we dove way into that. That's, that's the deepest that has ever gone. P- typically people are like, oh yeah, I guess email, you know, is not physical, but I trust it. And because when we talk about like, people don't trust quote unquote things that aren't physical. I can also uh, fake but- an email if you want a, a, a fair <laughs> debate fake about an it. Email. Uh, that's only because there's no blockchain and consensus. And so yeah. I think that that is the the beauty of uh, of Bitcoin is that while it is digital, um, you know the idea of digital money is not new to the Western world. Like we, you know, when's the last time you actually had real Canadian tender to buy like groceries? Absolutely. Or I was just thinking rent. Interac, right? Like, how yeah, do you Interac, teach kids today tap. that 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 this this card has there's no there actually is a bottom to the card that you can't see, right? Right, exactly. And and so the idea of digital money is fine. Uh, we all just assume it's like backed or or being used by some quote unquote physical or real money, uh, which of course is also not true because uh, it's very publicly uh, you know documented by the government that the total money in circulation does not equal the total money stored, uh, which is important, right? We all get paid by our jobs or whatever. We get paid in like digital money. 
Uh, and there's no physical money backing up. Like there's not piles and piles of, well, there is piles and piles of cash, but it doesn't equate the full amount of digital mm-hmm. money in circulation. So we in Canada or, you know, Western world already kind of have digital money and we already use it and we're already kind of comfortable with that. Okay. So that explains what's going on. I think it brings it down. Uh, my buddy, Rob, I'll give another story. He used to always go into the branch and his argument was, is that I don't trust the security levels. I don't, uh, the security layers. I don't trust the digital money. And he used to go into the branch. And I said to him, I said, well, do you use your card when you go to the teller? And he said, well, yeah, I put in my pin number. I said, well, that just means that you're actually using their computers to move your money. Instead just of yours. not your computer to move their money. And you're doing exactly the same thing. And in that moment he went, huh? Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was no real money. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good analogy, um, you know, and he's he's right not to trust, you know, the things that he can't audit. You go to yeah. the bank, your money goes into a black box that you have no control or visibility into, which is, you know, the exact opposite of Bitcoin. When you own Bitcoin, uh, you can see it on the blockchain, you can audit the blockchain, you can participate in the blockchain, and you have full visibility into what's happening on the blockchain, which is, I think, the most beautiful thing about Bitcoin. It's like truly democratic. You can choose to participate in the network if you want to, or you cannot. And I think that's a pretty special thing. Okay. So uh, let's save blockchain for a whole other conversation because I Definitely. think it's big enough, right, to yeah. to do that. Blockchain meaning structure, computers, structure, and um, all the pieces that come with that. We'll yeah, just leave that there. The blockchain, I'll just sum it up like this. It's just a database. Yeah. Uh, it's just how the database is distributed is, is you know, when people refer to blockchain, that's kind of what they're referring to. Yeah. And it in this particular case, blockchain can be very, very big at times. Absolutely. Um, so, so, let's, um, so let's leave that there. Okay. So when you say it's, uh, we can see it, we can participate in it, we can do all those things, but that's exactly the way that it's not sold. I'll get to my point directly. It's marketed as leave me alone government money. Right. Yet you say, well, we can see everything that's going on with it. Do you see how that gets confusing? Yeah, I I do. And it's not marketed that way. People market it that way. Um, Bitcoin has no central authority. And so there is no one thing, one entity or one person that markets Bitcoin, which is- Isn't there a guy who made it though? Uh, there's a guy, girl, or group of people that did make it, and they are anonymous and have never come forward, in my opinion, never will come forward. And the single greatest thing they could have done is walk away when they did, because they truly left it up to the decentralized network in order for it to thrive. Um, you know, you think about every other, like you you made the distinction earlier uh, about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and uh, you're at, you were right to do that, because Bitcoin is separated by the cryptocurrency network. Like cryptocurrency is kind of just this, this bulk industry that we live in and Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is technically a cryptocurrency. But the thing that makes Bitcoin so different is that there is no other cryptocurrency that is not centralized to the founder in some way, shape or form. Mm. Some one person or group has something to gain from all of cryptocurrency and markets it, as you say, got the project off the ground, so to speak, where Bitcoin, uh, the founder of of, of Bitcoin, the person that invented it uh, is gone. And, uh, and that's, I think, one of the most beautiful things about Bitcoin is just proving how decentralized and how democratic it truly is. I always think about and the like, guys. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, continue I was going to say, uh, there's documented cases now 
of the authorities using the blockchain and using Bitcoin's pseudo anonymous properties to be able to catch uh, people that are like taking Bitcoin for ransom or, or whatever. Um, they're using it in ways that to catch the bad guys, so to speak, um, that you couldn't do before with like cash or other kind of ransom scams. Okay, so uh, two things here. One, um, not really debate, but I hear the contrast between uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, and their crypto development. It's theirs. They're trying to own it and control it. And I always think back to like the 80s and 90s when you'd hear of a banker uh, who would twist the ledger in a fashion of like a penny at a time from every account, right? right? Or a half and so, a penny, a tenth of a penny. Yeah. yeah, it was a rounding error. That's right. And so- is it possible even in blockchain that there could be that rounding error that someone could be skimming? So let me ask you this. How many times have you punched into a calculator and there been a rounding error? Well, as long as it's actually showing me the full number, right? And I don't have it set to right, round right. it. That's what I mean. But that like, would mean but never. Let me, but like the full number exists. It's just not showing it to you, but it's right. still there. And if you click, like if you're on Excel and you yep. click that little button that is expand the decimal, that yep. will go forever. You Ever. don't have a monitor big enough in existence you to show that. You are a nerd. Listen to you. Hey, man. I You're just talking been... Excel. Now it's my language. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I started the business, um, like it was just me and, and my mom is a bookkeeper. So she was very, like, and I'm thankful for it. She was like, you got, you know, your book's got to be like this and da, 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 da. So I had the most intense spreadsheet that anyone has ever seen to date. It is like the most insane. I had to teach myself to Excel. Uh, and I'm using it as a verb quite intentionally. <laughs> mm -hmm. wow. So I, I definitely know uh, the, the ups and downs of Excel, but like there is zero rounding errors that ever occur yep. on a calculator. Right. And, and it always it's, gives it's, you the, it's the number. exact same as blockchain. Until it runs out of space, it gives you the number. And that number is still actually there. We just can't see it. That's um, right. Okay. So how do we take this into, so Bitcoin well is, I mean, when you see AT, you guys have a boatload of, ATMs. When you see an ATM in the mall, we're walking through the mall. My son says, it's an ATM. What's that? And it says Bitcoin on it. It's probably yours. And, um, and I say, well, I don't really know because to me, I understood Bitcoin as this like Shh, top secret. Right. So <laughs> how, why do I, how can I walk into cross iron mills and go, okay, nobody look, I'm going to get my Bitcoin now. Like, I mean, how does that work? Yeah. Um, so the actual use um, of a Bitcoin ATM is, is, is quite a nice and, and easy process. I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I a little know, bit, yeah. founded the company that, that, that uses them, but, <laughs> um, your, what you said hit the hammer. There is like a certain social stigma around using Bitcoin. And, and, and I think that's kind of a strange, it, it's strange that it exists because we are very, very quick to brag about, you know, Oh, I was the first one to get an iPhone and I look at me. I've got my, I've got like, imagine if you had Adam at or Shane at gmail.com, like you would be an idol. I would pay you a lot of money. If, if anyone out there listening has Adam at gmail.com, like yeah. Yeah, in my DMs, because I would pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. Just like the clout behind that. But with Bitcoin, we're all kind of like still figuring it out. And I think it's because of the stigma and because it is very, very confusing um, to you. So I wanted to address that, but actually using the ATM, uh, our mission is Bitcoin in eight seconds or less. So you walk up to the machine, there's one button and it says buy Bitcoin. It is like the most beautiful button in the world. You just push it and then it asks you to scan your Bitcoin address. Uh, and your Bitcoin address is something um, that you already have to have set up. And it is a um, an alphanumeric uh, string of numbers in the form of a QR code. You scan that, you pull up your Bitcoin wallet, you scan that at the machine, 
you put your cash into the machine and then voila, you have Bitcoin. Uh, well, you put, you push send Bitcoin and then you have Bitcoin. Yep. Um, the, the, is that driven? The price is driven by market at that point. Yeah. The price is totally driven by market. Uh, we take the price, the market price in real time. We charge a fee, um, and a spread on the transaction. That's how we make our money. Yep. And then, uh, and then off you go. Um, in my opinion, yep. they are poorly named. Uh, they should be called Bitcoin vending machines because when you think about an ATM, you think about accessing or withdrawing the money that you have in the bank. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing here is you're purchasing a digital commodity. Uh, not dissimilar to like going and buying a chocolate bar or like buying a SIM card. Um, right. You know, you're you're basically buying digital data from the Bitcoin ATM. Uh, and so Bitcoin vending machine, if I had named them, that's probably what I would have called them. Um, but here we are. I, I like the well. I mean, it's a nice name. The, so the, the well is a funny, it's kind of a good story. We used to be called Bitcoin Solutions. Um, that was like the peak of my creativity. I was like, well, what is the company? We are the solution very, to Bitcoin. Th- All that's, right. very spread, that's a very spreadsheet name. Let's very that spreadsheet way. name. Yeah, it looks great in Excel. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went through the uh, process of rebranding um, as part of uh, the initiative to go public. And uh, when I was thinking about what we wanted to be, I was kind of thinking about like cities. I was like, just watching and reading all kinds of abstract things. And uh, the it, it occurred to me that cities were only built around water because water is the first being of, of life. That's that's how you get life. Yep. And so the first thing you do, like you discover new land, the first thing you do is you drill a well. Yep. And uh, I figured, you know, water is to life what Bitcoin is to financial sovereignty. And so Bitcoin well, uh, and it had this okay. hilarious like double kind of like double entendre of like Bitcoin good, which I thought was too funny to, <laughs> to kind of pass I like up. It. That's amazing. Okay. So uh, we will have more conversations if you'll come back. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. So, cause we need to talk about uh, the privacy. We need to talk about uh, the crookedness that people are, have used it for. We need to talk about done. money laundering. We need to talk about uh, registrations uh, and, and government uh, influence and structure. There's so many things that we need to talk about here in and around Bitcoin. I think that's a great start. Um, Adam O'Brien is with Bitcoin. Well, uh, I look forward to digging into this more and you come back. Sir. Awesome. Absolutely. It's the shift podcast. It is time for us to disco. And start to our, there it is. Our sticky pants joining us through the power of mobility because somehow his browser is broken or it's possible. Our browser is broken. Andy Barrar is here. Disco Andy, how are you? I'm good, Shane. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, adapting with us quickly at the last minute. Here we are after the long weekend. Did you get some disco dancing going on or what? Uh, well, it was Labor Day weekend, so I did a lot of labor this weekend, this long weekend. And? Like what? You can't just say that and not tell us what you're up to. Uh, well, I did a little bit of yard work. I had to clean up my yard. Um, this I have some bad news. Those uh, cannabis plants that I was growing in my backyard in my greenhouse, well, I found, like, these little spiders. They're called spider mites, and, like, there was webbing all over them because it got too hot and dry in there. So I don't know if those are going to survive it now. So I had to do a plan B and try to get use this insecticide to, like, clean them up, but I don't know if they're going to make it. So I'm, like, 0 for 2 this year. I got blueberry bushes that died on me. And maybe these plants as well. We're, we'll have to wait and see maybe next week to see if they pop back up. This is uh, this is one of the uh, important reminders about gardening and projects. You've got to be willing to accept defeat from time to time. 
because it does happen. Well, and and learn from your lessons. Uh, learn your lessons, right? Um, I'm not going to give up on it. You know, I realize what my mistakes are. It's usually I'm like the biggest factor in everything. As long as I can take myself out of the equation chain, everything's going to work. So as long as, <laughs> as I get these automated watering systems done, and I take and I make sure like. I learned that cannabis plants don't like to be in very, very hot, like a uh, greenhouse. So I got to move them out because I, I actually watched a video online of these, you know, people that have these big like grow operations, legal grow operations, and, you know, multi-million dollar operations can shut down because of a uh, infestation of bugs. So they tried to like really keep it clean in their, in their uh, greenhouses. But for my little hobby one, you know, there's, it's, you know, it's so next to impossible to keep that clean. So I think next year I'm going to grow hot peppers in there because I know they like heat, and mm-hmm. uh, it gets really hot in that greenhouse. I would like to quote what um, Andy Barrard just said. He said, "Every what did you say? You said you've learned that the the missing piece here is every time." You just got to take you out of it, and then it's going to yeah. work, which is not yeah. very good self promotion. I got to tell you. Um, well. well I'm, I'm the kind of person that will spend so much time on the front end building systems so that I completely uh, uh, out of the equation. I think all of my success in gardening has been when I've had an automated watering system that's on a timer, that's foolproof, that waters all the time. Um, whenever I have that, like I have this vegetable garden and it just produces so much food. And that's because I don't have to actually do anything outside of just transplanting these plants that I start indoors and then everything works. But as soon as I have to, like, remind myself to go outside during, like, a heat dome and water blueberry bushes, you know, that's when it's going to fail. I love it. I love how the fact that you just are so overwhelmed with work for a guy who doesn't work. That, <laughs> I know. Um, that you can't be reminded to go and <laughs> you're self-employed and you, uh, you, you can't be reminded. You have to be reminded to water your own plants. I think that's stellar. That is absolutely beautiful. I even have a note in my phone to when to take out the trash, you know, because I, I always think like, oh, I'll just do it later, and then it, I forget. And so now I've got a nice system where I have reminders that come up on my phone each week. Um, and so that's a good tip for people out there. If you're, if you're like me and you're forgetful or you procrastinate, make those tips in your phone, and uh, then you really have no excuse when you do uh, miss something like putting your garbage out. Technology can solve many problems. It seems like in today's world, it can cause equal as many problems. Tell us about BC's vaccine passport tech. Yeah, so I had a global news reporter contact me this weekend asking uh, my thoughts about this because it's going to be rolling out uh, very soon. BC will be the second province outside of Quebec to have a vaccine passport. And the big question is, what are, if any, the security implications? How are they actually going to pull this off? And All we know is that you're going to have to go to a web link to basically uh, sign up for an account and then you get some type of credential. And then when you go to a restaurant or say to your local gym, you have to present that. Now, if they do what Quebec is doing, they're probably going to have some type of QR code that you can access on your smartphone or you can print out. But the big question, Shane, and this is what got me as someone that follows technology is how are they going to pull this off? Because everything has to be in compliance with our current privacy laws. So the BC government had to talk to the BC Information and Privacy Commissioner and get the green light for this system that they're going to roll out. 
So we know that our privacy is not going to be compromised in the system. But how at the end of, say, like you're at a restaurant or a gym, how are they going to verify that vaccine passport? And I suspect what they're going to do is have some type of app that the government is going to release on iOS and Android for these restaurants and these different types of, like, say, gyms and other services to download and to verify people at the door. So not only are they going to check our license, but they will probably scan this passport vaccine card, whether it's on our smartphone or a printout. The question I can't understand, Shane, is what happens to that data once it gets scanned? Is it erased? Is it stored temporarily? Those are the questions that we really don't know until the government unveils more information about this vaccine passport. I hope it's nothing but a check mark, right? Like, I hope it's nothing but this person, this is their name, you know, maybe like your driver's license, your name and your photo, and check mark. Because yeah. if it if it's stored, actually stored info, I don't think it needs to store info. It needs to access it and get a yes or no answer. That would be it. I, so I hopefully, agree. Um, I think I think that's the way it's going to be. It's just going to be your name, and it's just going to tell you about your vaccination status. However, the fact that it can determine that from the QR code, the big question is because they can't just be using any QR code app. I don't think they're going to go that route. I think they're going to try to create a dedicated app just to ensure that there's trust. But then the question is, how do you get that rollout and get all these different businesses, if they do have a separate app like what Quebec did, if they do do that, you know, that's going to require all these businesses to quickly download that app. So we're going to find out more information. But the technology that they're using is quite fascinating that they can even pull this off in such a short period of time. And you have to remember, this is just one province. Each province is going to have to create potentially their own vaccine passport. And then maybe Canada as well might have one just for Canadian citizens. But all these questions have to be asked. And it's really technology is the... It's the thing that's going to help pull this through. Uh, it's not easy, that's for sure. Home fitness. We talked about Peloton and the cost of Peloton being so high, Andy. So many people during the course of the pandemic took time to sign up for their their favorite digital coach person in the video feed to tell them to go, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. Is it sticking? Well, Peloton was one of those companies that really flourished during the pandemic uh, alongside Zoom where a lot of people stuck at home, fitness fanatics, you know, bought these bikes and joined these Peloton subscriptions to have those live classes. But the interesting thing, Shane, is in the last four months, the Peloton use of those subscribers, the people that have the bikes, their usage has gone down significantly. Month after month, people are using their Pelotons less and less. So they had a big problem because they also had issues with the recall of their Peloton treadmill because of some of young babies actually getting caught into them and dying. So they had to get recalled, and they just released their new treadmill. So Peloton is actually in a very big conundrum right now as people are, you know, starting to leave their homes, go back to gyms, and now their sales are going down. Just as we're seeing all the other brands get into the game and create their own Peloton versions. So the whole connected fitness uh, product category is growing, but the biggest player is struggling a lot right now. So we, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. 
especially this fall and winter, if, if you know, there is more people staying back home, is the sales going to go and the usage going to go back up? Or will we just see a decrease if it was just a fad um, during the pandemic? Those are the questions that we're going to about to find out in the next coming months. So it turns out whether you spend $400 on a treadmill or an exercise bike or you spend $3,050 a month to be able to see someone's face on the little TV, we know now we have the evidence. The outcome is it always ends up being a clothes hanger by the laundry room. And that's it. Most expensive well, just, clothes hanger you ever had. It's just like how people join gyms during, you know, after New Year's and they have make these New Year's resolutions and then they stop using it. You know, we're seeing the exact same thing. The only difference is when you sign up to these, typically it's a it's an annual subscription. So you're making that investment to try to save money month to month. So people are making this huge commitment. Unfortunately, what the data is showing is they're not sticking with it. And, and those are just collecting dust. Peloton is actually thinking about releasing new bikes that are even more affordable. So they might not be considered the premium product right now just to try to save this company. So they're having a lot of issues, but they really, unlike gyms, they need their customers to use the bikes. Otherwise, it's just a really bad look for the company in the whole. Handy Andy Barrar, handyandymedia.com. Andy's here with us right now. A couple of messages have come in that I wanted to approach in the conversations that we've had already. Andy was talking about his weed plants and how he's got spider mites on them. There is a texture that says hairspray will kill spider mites. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm willing to bet that hairspray and a lighter will really kill them, but don't do that. Um, otherwise, your whole neighborhood will be high. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that seems a little extreme. I, I, I think I'll uh, look for more organic solutions. All right. Uh, yeah, you never know if it's going to work. Okay, we were talking about the technology around apps for vaccines in our last segment there with Andy Barrar. Um, what about people who don't access the Internet or can't get Internet in their community? Uh, thank you, Derek, for that message. It's a good point. Not everyone has access to a smartphone. And that basically says that if you don't have access to a smartphone with the app, you're not going to be able to go to a restaurant, which seems incredibly divisive, doesn't it? So not everyone can do that. And what about the folks if you have, what if you had, you know, your Uncle Bob who is in some sort of support facility and you go pick up Uncle Bob and maybe you wheel him in to family dinner because it's Andy's birthday. But, you know, so Uncle Bob might not have the devices to get like the human devices or the mechanical devices to actually get his stuff. So all of these things are very good questions. Thank you very much for uh, sharing them here. Not to mention, there is the conversation about the price of internet in general and the price of cell phones in general for access to technology. And if you're going to lean into the businesses that the our own government says is too expensive, there's got to be a solution that makes access for everybody, just to throw that out. I mean, I'm not looking for free by any means, but this marketplace is so expensive to begin with, let alone uh, for, for us to hinge on it. And there's a reason why you can send letters to your MP without a stamp, and that's because it gives access for everybody to write their representatives for free and not have to pay for stamps so everyone has a chance to write to their representatives. So these things are incredibly important structures too. Andy is here on the shift, handyandymedia.com. Now, we were just talking about the fitness with the Pelotons and people working out. Andy is uh, on our Facebook group, The Shift Radio Show. He's got the guns out, sun's out, guns out, working out. He's got the uh, sleeveless shirt on, flexing the biceps. But thank you at least for wearing the shirt. 
Well, thank you for giving me administrative access to the Shift Facebook group. You know, I yeah, well, I, it might you, be it might be reviewed. <laughs> I know you, you trust me a lot. I was like, should I ask for permission or should I just post this? But it is what we're going to be discussing. So I posted this video, and you can find it at the Shift Radio uh, Facebook group. Tell me about. I've had these Bowflex adjustable dumbbells before. The oh, thing, really? Yeah, the uh, a few years ago they've changed them just a little bit. They're impossible to get used because they're so good. There's all kinds of different ones out there adjustables. These ones are probably the most simple of all of them, but they're expensive. That's right. So these are called the Selectec 552 adjustable dumbbells. They're from Bowflex and they really came out because of demand for dumbbells that started with the pandemic when the gyms and everything shut down. The demand for used dumbbells skyrocketed. So you can make a lot of money if you had an old pair of dumbbells and a lot of people did selling them online. Well, what they've decided is a lot of people are going to continue working from home. So they wanted to create adjustable dumbbells that you could switch the weights. So these ones range from five to 52 and a half pounds. And just with the click of a little lever on each side, you can change the weights. They sit in a base and all the weights stay in there. And basically, they're super easy to just quickly switch the weight, pick it up, and then you can switch them uh, later. So 15 different sets of dumbbells in one, and they retail for about $500. So when you look at it, it actually is kind of a good deal if, and of course, this is the big if, if you actually do use them and they don't collect dust like your Peloton. Like your Peloton does. They're great. They're fantastic. They are heavy. And when you go to move them in the trays, you can get some stands for them on the floor too, which is great. And not to mention, Andy Brower looks handsome with his uh, with the big biceps. Thanks for being here, buddy. My pleasure. Anytime. Before he goes, handyandymedia.com. Go there and get onto the socials or the Shift Radio Show Facebook group. That video is posted by the possibly temporary admin, Handy Andy Barrar, to be determined. One more text does come in, and this comes from Fred in Coombs. Now, Fred's in Coombs. There's a tie-dye T-shirt shop in Coombs, so you know that he's earthy. Fred says, use ladybugs for your spider mites on your pot plants. And trust me, if you're going to take advice from any of the Shift Heads, the shift head from Coombs, probably the best way to go. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.